Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Hi, welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we discuss whether a movie has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me is. Who are you, sir? I'm David Rogers. How are you? How's it going? How's it going? It's going. Yeah. We are we are officially in sweater weather. We are both wearing, this is not a video podcast. We're getting there. We're talking about it, but we are wearing our age like milk um, uh, hoodies today. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes me feel very connected to you, David, even though we're in different places and you know, this beautiful pink hoodie that someone special made us. I love it. It's great. It's, it's a good hoodie. It's a good hoodie. Very comfy. And it's sweater weather. It's autumn time, which in LA means it's like two degrees colder, which (laughs) I love. It's like 67 degrees. Or in Celsius, it's like 28. I'm still not on that Fahrenheit life. But um, (laughs) yeah, I've got the candles going. It smells like a apple pie in here. I know. And it's gray and it just feels like, you know, getting cozy time we're, mm-hmm. we're on our way to the holidays so this is a great time for movies it's a right? great time for movies and it's a great time to talk to people who are so interesting and who have different insights into film and for that i would say i'm very excited that we have a new guest today uh we're going to introduce her in just a second but david william rogers you left out yes the you left out the william today by the way um True. it's okay i'll allow it what is the what is the film that we are doing today? The film is District Nine, and mm. that was two thousand nine is when it came out. Director mm-hmm. Neil Blomkamp, I think you, is how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. and uh, writers Neil Blomkamp and Terry Tuchel. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting movie. Um, I think. I believe you're going to do the synopsis because I Very think I well. did the last one. I will um, do it. But yeah, it's it's an interesting film. So yes, yeah, I will do the synopsis and I'll try to be really succinct. Uh, this is a movie about an alien ship that arrives uh, above the town of Johannesburg in South Africa. It's sort of up there for three months. They don't know what's going on. Eventually, they cut the humans cut their way in and find a starving crew of an alien type people they have sort of um crustacean like features they get the nickname the, the prawns and they basically bring people down of people they bring a- the aliens down to earth and set up like a camp for them that they call district nine and it becomes a slum there's a lot of crime the nigerian uh people move in there the refugees and and they start like doing sort of dodgy things and essentially when we meet our protagonist who what's his name again it's something crazy it's uh oh vicus vicus i love it it sounds like vicky spelled w-i yeah uh, i mean it's pronounced it's just south african and he (laughs) he's kind of a bumbling idiot he's the son-in-law of this like head of mnu which is the alien sort of organization he's tasked with going in there and evicting all these prawns and moving them to district 10 which is like more of like a camp sort of he eventually ends up describing it as a concentration camp. It looks like tents. And he basically, something goes wrong, of course. What's what's not going to go wrong when you're trying to move a bunch of aliens to a different location? <laughs> and uh, he gets starts to turn into one of the aliens because of Ooh. this, this um, gel goo type thing that he one of the smarter prawns, Christopher, um, has been collecting. And so then he sort of, becomes one of them and sort of has a different understanding and it's a very 
interesting movie for many reasons, which I'm excited to get into. But before we do, uh, we have a wonderful guest today. Do you who know is who, that? Do you know who it is? It's Kathy Kuzi. Uh, hello, madame. Hi. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Uh, Kathy sent me her bio at her request. I'm going to read it to you real quick. Uh, oh. She's a native South African and the creator of Little Monsters Pictures. She's got a decade of experience in content creation with a diverse background ranging from digital media, feature film, and reality TV. She says she fell in love with the film with film, sorry, the moment she realized it could tell a story and change the world. Like myself, she's an expat brat. She's traveled and lived all around the world, um, places like Romania, Thailand, um, and she's realized that she can bring a unique perspective to the work. And most recently, Kathy and I worked on a commercial together. I convinced her to come and <laughs> help me survive in the wilds of Montana. We shared a room for two weeks and we still love each other. Kathy- we do. Welcome to the podcast, my Thank love. Thank you. Kathy, so what's happening? So I think it's interesting, you know, we did ask Kathy to pick a movie that was kind of South African because she is a South African. And mm-hmm. I think there's there are a lot of movies that take place there, but I guess not as many as I would think, considering how massive of a continent Africa is. And, you know, yeah, this movie in particular is very interesting because it has a lot of root like it's it's rooted in you know a lot of the reality of um of South Africa but before before we jump into that Kathy tell us a little bit more about yourself how did you end up in LA what are your hopes and dreams you know (laughs) well it's, it's quite a long story so I'll try and get it um as short as I can um I was born in South Africa my mom's South African my dad's Greek Um, I lived in South Africa for about five years. Um, and then my parents decided it was time to move to Greece. Uh, we moved there and I went to Greek school. So I speak fluent Greek. Um, and, uh, then we moved to Thailand as Paris said, I was there until I was about 14, graduated high school in Romania, uh, got my film, uh, my bachelor's in film in England, um, at university of Kent moved to New York. Uh, started my master's over there and then ended up in LA um, and finished my master's of film over here. And that was in 2010. So I came here later. Yeah. Never left. Uh, It is the longest I've ever lived anywhere, even my home countries. Um, I love it. Um, It's my home. It's where my, my friends have become my family, as you know, Paris, they're our chosen family um, because my family is still in Cape town and in Greece. Um, yeah. And I fell in love with movies at like six years old, sitting in Greece, watching like all like the Goonies and all these mad Princess Bride and Willow. And like this, I was so intrigued by the magical worlds that were created on screen. Um, and I wanted to do that. I didn't care how I was going to do it, but I knew I was going to do it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a quick intro into me. Yes. And and she has worked on many independent features and dead and some shorts and yeah um yeah you're an all-around amazing producer creator storyteller champion of women so we are stoked I'm stoked to know you on a human level and we're stoked to have you on the podcast oh thank you I'm so excited Mm -hmm. yeah but uh, so uh had we'd all seen this film before we Mm -hmm. jumped on the podcast um what were your thoughts when you guys watched it Kathy let's start with you because you for the first time when when you watched it because you are South African so for me it was such an interesting take on 
South Africa. Um, growing up, I mean, I when I was living in Thailand, I went to the American school and in seventh grade, uh, we were introduced in our humanities. We were introduced by my American teachers to apartheid. Um, I hadn't heard a lot of it growing up, which again, you know, there's a little, that's a little weird to me. And that's something I should discuss with my parents, but they moved us away. So we don't, we just moved it out of, out of South Africa. So we don't have to experience, like, not that I would experience it, but it was a time to move out of South Africa that they wanted. Um, but I was in humanities class and the teacher started teaching us about apartheid. And one of them turned to me because we had two teachers and he turned and he, he like grabbed me. He's like, do you understand what you did? Do you see what you did? And I went, it's so dramatic, but it's exactly how it happened. And I went home and I had to ask my parents and be like, what did we do and what happened? And that started really my, you know, my delve into what was happening in what had happened in South Africa um, with apartheid. Um, and you know, all the movies that I'd seen since then that had to do with, it was, you know, it'd go, it was all like historical and, you know, what was happening. And so I thought district nine, you know, also produced by Peter Jackson was a really interesting take on it because not only could it be applied to South Africa, it could be applied to everywhere else. I mean, one of the big ones, America. Um, so I love that. And then I also liked that it took aliens and they still made them very alien-like and it wasn't this humanizing. And they did that specifically for them to, to, to show how the world was treating them and they were being treated as these aliens. Um, totally. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I thought it was a really interesting take. I thought it was uh, unique and not unique at the same time. Um, it's a tale so, as old as time, but yes, also exactly very interesting take. David, what was your interpretation on this film when you first yeah. saw it? I thought it was amazing. I thought it was unique and kind of a refreshing take for me as far as aliens go, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had their own story and them being stranded on Earth. Like, that's a wild, to me, all the other alien movies I've seen, they come to Earth, they want to fuck shit up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's something along those lines. Or, you know, you had E.T., he was kind of stranded. And it was like a kid's perspective, basically, and yeah. they were trying to help him him get out of there. Um, but for this to be like, uh, you had the what is it? M- MSU, MCU, MNU, MNU, which is like a conglomerate, uh, major corporation. They said it was like the second, yeah, the second largest weapons manufacturer in the world. So you had their take and their for profit, obviously. So they're trying. They have their angle. You got, is it is it Charlotte? Shalto Copley? Shalto, yeah, I think. How do you pronounce his first name? Shalto Copley? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vickis, you have, you know, his angle where he's going through this arc of he started out kind of being like a um, kind of a asshole that worked for them. And he's kind of like, um, you know, aimless kind of a buffoon, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has this arc where he kind of changes because he gets their perspective, the uh, the prawns perspective. So I, I just thought it was super interesting take. And we'll talk a little bit more about like the making of it and um, mm-hmm. some of the ideas that they put mm-hmm. behind it. But there's so much packed into this movie. Um, I didn't realize what was all in it and what I was watching and what I was all taking in the first time I saw it. Totally. Right? The more yeah. and more you watch this, the deeper it gets. Absolutely. The, the, you see the levels to it. 100%. And I was in, I think, my last year of my undergrad when I saw this in 2009. And I saw it with my mom and my brothers. Maybe not both of them, but one of them for sure. 
the youngest one's younger. And I remember my mom turning to me and being like, do you understand why this is like an important film? And I kind of did, but you know, like I was also like a very selfish, like 21 year old <laughs> who was probably just like not really aware of like world events and stuff. So yeah, I think it's important to, to watch films like this because it is like, I do think when filmmakers go to the fantastical, like it's important to have like these alien characters because then you see like, the way that people are treating these like fictional characters is actually the way that we treat real people. Absolutely. Um, the way we talk about real people, the way we talk about immigrants and the way we, you know, deal with race and the history of us, you know, um, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about South Africa, but like, you know, in researching this film ahead of the podcast, I've obviously heard of apartheid. I've, I know about Nelson Mandela, but not even realizing that it started in like 1948 and continued to the nineties. Like we're, we were alive like when this was just like very commonplace at the very end mm -hmm. of apartheid we were alive and our parents like knew about it and sometimes stuff like that just blows my mind like when i look at the stuff that we've actually been physically alive for the history like the berlin wall and all of that it's just it's crazy it, it feels like it's a long time ago but it, it wasn't yeah yeah so Anyway, I'm glad we all enjoyed it and saw it when we watched it, when it came out. Um, I know that it got nominated for an Academy Award, which is um, the best picture. Yes, it was nominated yes, for a few picture. things. It was well, I, I saw that it was the first like found footage film um, that was nominated for an Academy Award, and for a second I was like, well, but what about the Blair Witch Project? And then I was like, oh, it didn't get nominated. <laughs> that should have gotten nominated though. That should have. Yeah. But like uh, to to that point, so um, some of the stuff when I was reading about this, mm -hmm. that Neil wanted to use, like you're talking about the found footage Paris. Mm -hmm. So um, he kind of wanted to merge the Hollywood style of like an alien sci-fi movie with the documentary style, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like a documentary style, which you saw, um, you know, there's a lot of interviews with a lot of people in this movie. And then even with Vickas, he, he started out giving, here's what we're doing. Interview, we're going in yeah. there. We're pushing them 200 kilometers outside of Johannesburg because the people don't want them around anymore. So they kind of, and then you had the big like fight scenes, action scenes. And you, you also had I mean? the, you also had like the camera footage, like as if it was like a nest camera, you know, like at the top of a convenience store, like, yeah. And footage from like the helicopter, like down, like where you couldn't really make out what was going, you know, the black and white. Yeah. It was yep. a very interesting blend. Yeah. Uh, very effective, I thought. Definitely. Yeah. I think they wove it together perfectly. Yeah. And I seem it, it feel it felt like Vickers was controlling. He controlled when the camera could be on him. Right. Mm -hmm. But but it's, and, and that was his form of control through the first part of the movie. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of became this this other character itself. Like you were saying, Paris, like it was watching the, the security cameras were watching over him. And then he became like the insect. Right. Yeah. He was the one the my under the microscope that he could no longer control. In the unleashed the they kind of it's, it's almost office like where the, the yeah. cameraman has a role in the beginning too like there's one part where he sort of has a confrontation with like the corporal or whatever the guy that's like in charge of the grunts that essentially go with these guys to help them evict the mm -hmm. prawns and the guy like pushes him and he like knocks into the camera i'm saying that in quotation yeah. marks because it's obviously sort of sort of scripted um and then you kind of see like the cameraman's feet and it suddenly reminds you that even though he's talking to the camera there is in theory, like a camera team following them, like mm -hmm. as part of the story, like they thought it was something important to document. Um, yeah. 
But also interesting fact, and I'm sure David knows this from reading about it, they improvised a lot of the scenes. Um, they didn't have a complete script going into the film and they kind of had like beats they wanted to hit and like the journey of each thing. But Charlotte Copley apparently was a great at improvising. And there's a couple few, a few real reactions, like the guy that he's with that gets out of the van. They didn't tell the actor that there would be gunshots. And then there were. Oh, stuff. wow. The stunt guys had gunshots, so his reaction of like freaking the fuck out—that's yeah, that's real. That's that? terrifying. Yeah. That's amazing. It's kind of shitty, actually. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I actually didn't see that. Yeah, super um, interesting. Yeah, I, I I loved how this was put together, though. Yeah. I did you, you, you did you guys watch the original short that it was based off of? No. Okay. So the director made a short in 2006. Um, it's actually called uh, Live in Joburg. And mm -hmm. it's about five minutes. I would I would recommend everybody go and, and watch it maybe after you've seen the original because it's very interesting to see how obviously... <laughs> so the, the story of this that I read is that uh, Neil and uh, Peter Jackson were developing the Halo movie, but the mm -hmm. budget like ballooned and it sort of all fell apart. So then Peter Jackson said to Neil... I'll give you $30 million to make whatever project you want. And that's district nine was born because he'd made this short in 2006. And um, yeah, like when you go back and watch the five minute short, the, the aliens are obviously way less um, yeah. amazing, but yeah. there's elements of it. The tentacle sort of face is kind of there and they definitely have that same found footage. And Charlto Copley is also in it. Um, oh, so that's wow. how he kind of, he was never trying to be an actor is what I read. And then he, landed this movie which is crazy because he's really good at he's acting. amazing yeah he's an amazing actor yeah for sure yeah but um yeah the, the interesting thing as well about some of the the footage of them talking to the locals i don't know if you guys know about this but it kind of leads into what we were planning on talking about with like south africa and refugees mm -hmm. and racism um they were actually pretending to be a documentary crew asking local south africans about the nigerian refugees that were coming in and some of the stuff that they said and, and this is what we were talking about before. Like it was actually about like real people, like Nigerians mm -hmm. coming in yeah. and, and then fascinating because they have Nigerians in the film as well. And they're depicted mm -hmm. as cannibals and yeah, it wasn't too, <laughs> didn't, didn't like all the uh, portrayals of the Nigerians in this movie though. No. Overall, like this yeah. is how they get down. You know, this is, this is what Nigeria is. All but about, I, th or this I think is that was Nigerians deliberate, are. right? Like the, to make it to, basically play into what was happening at the time in 2009 and to play on people's mm -hmm. like prejudices yeah. yeah 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 it's a tough one because almost to a certain extent the nigerians were portrayed as even worse than the aliens in the movie right sure. like they still they had more were. control and power and they knew that the aliens had nothing and would give them you know the the cat food and they yeah. could have given them so much more but they knew they yeah, had the power over they that. asked for ten thousand cans for that big yeah. he's like a hundred and he's like a hundred and then they chop one of the guy's arms off eat and eat him yeah. yeah i think generally like the i mean the whole idea was is that and, and that what is kind of still happening in south africa and was happening in south africa is the idea that there are these there's this community that's already suffering and already has lacks of resources and then they come and put the refugees in the camp with them and that that doesn't change the lack of resources and and the mm -hmm. theft that's happening and everything yeah. that's happening in there and that's that's what happens in the shanty towns. That's literally, that is what happens. And so they brought, they carried that over to with the prawns. Like the prawns were, they put the prawns in the, in, in, in this 
shanty town and things just got worse and worse and they were going to implode and they're so close to the city right yeah. um so what do we do we just move them 10 miles outside of town and where we can't yeah where we yeah. can't see it <laughs> and then see it. and then what happens and uh, you know it, it's just well yeah the questions are always like and then what happens in 10 years you know like exactly Exactly. And the population grows. That population is going to grow. It, yeah, they uh, showed it. They said it was end, up to like 2.8 yeah, million yeah. in the uh, in District 10. Crazy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's the I think the the view that the, the way they portrayed the Nigerians is like these criminals and stuff like that, like it was very um, fucked up. Obviously, you cannot generalize a whole people in a certain type of way. But clearly, yeah. I think it was a deliberate choice. I mean, Neil is a South African. He grew up in South Africa. Mm. Everything about this movie, he said in many interviews, and I watched quite a few with him. He sounds like a very interesting guy, Neil. Um, yeah. He was saying like, this isn't fiction. This is my experience. This isn't historical. I didn't read about this. I grew up there. Yeah. I lived this. Yeah. A lot, seeing all the apartheid and a lot of that stuff um, encouraged this. And he yeah. wanted to, you could see this, see that narrative throughout, but it's just interesting. Um, like how Kathy was saying, they put these people in these like shanty towns and then it's kind of just, yeah, you guys live your lives and we're over here living our lives. And then you have like the people that did the interviews that said that um, they're actually talking about Nigerians. Um, you see that a lot today. It's like, we're better than them, even mm -hmm. though we're in a bad spot, we're not doing well, but look at those people over there. Yeah. That, like, And then they're pointing to the prawns. Like, yeah, we yeah. might not have great jobs. We're struggling, but we don't want to be around. They're them. worse. Yeah. They're worse. Exactly. And, then, and that uh, was interesting, too, because it's like almost this movie shows that, like, you know, we have all of us lived through the yeah. protests last year with the Black Lives Matter. We've seen racial injustices, all of us in, yeah. in, in America. And yet in this film, it was kind of like every single race was together mm -hmm. against the prawns. So it's yeah. like, do we always need to have a common enemy? Do we always need to have someone that, like you said, it's worse? It's, well, it's bad for me, but it's I'm not that. Yeah, you know? it's, how, well, it's how they control them, right? Like that's what they did over here in America with slavery. This, mm -hmm. Even though there were, you know, you had white pop, there were really poor white people. But what the slave owners did is they said, hey, I'm going to give you a certain amount of money and you're just you're just over the slaves and you can control them and tell them how. And that's how they they gave them like we're even better than the slaves. So now we have this power and this mm -hmm. is how they separated them, because if you really think about it, if they didn't do anything like that, it would have been they would have come together. Mm -hmm. They would have been like, hey, we're not OK with this. Let's overthrow um, these landowners yeah. who have mm -hmm. so much. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's interesting for sure. And I think it plays into as well, like the history of South Africa, which I think is interesting to look at. So obviously South Africa was colonized by the Dutch in the 1600s. That's when they first made contact with Africa. And I don't know too much about like the history of slavery in South Africa, Kathy, but um, from what I read on Wikipedia, thank you for that resource, <laughs> Wikipedia. Um, it seems like, you know, the racial injustices started around the same time that were happening. It was happening around the world. Like basically yeah. white, pe white people came in and were like, we're better than you. And we also own all of this shit now. So thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, slavery happened at the same time everywhere. And it, it took a little longer to get to America or whatever, but it was, yeah, generally the same thing happening and everything was coming from Africa. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So um that i thought i thought was really interesting how it was called district nine too because mm -hmm. that called on the district six um colors of south africa and their history within um and how they were separated and put basically into a 
a shanty town and, and kept separate from Cape the population. Yeah. I read about that and it was demolished in 1966 to make way for the whites. Yes. Um, well, it's just was, gentrification. <laughs> was uh Kathy, was it was South Africa, was that supposed to be Rhodesia or whatever? Um, what do they it, want to it call was it? Ali- it was over uh, yeah, it was Rhodesia. Rhodesia, yeah, 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 yeah. originally. And they yeah. 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 And that was like white colonization. Wait, basically. I think it was either South Africa or it was Zimbabwe. Oh, okay. Was. Um, I'm looking it up. Nope. Rhodesia officially from 1970, the Republic of Rhodesia was an unrecognized state in Southern Africa from 1965 yeah. to 1979. Yeah. Okay. It, and it was, it was in, equivalent in territory to modern Zimbabwe. So it was pretty big. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the history of South Africa is interesting, but it's very similar to many of the histories around the world. Essentially white people came in, took what they wanted, uh, yeah. treated the native people like shit and, you know, took I mean, yeah, what I was reading about South Africa, again, is like the the white population was the minority and they had the controlling factor, which we see in this in this movie. There's like a yeah. very small percentage of people who are calling the shots um, and it's it's fucked up. It gets pretty fucked up in the film. I yeah. f- forgot about the experiments and stuff. And it's yeah, it's cool. yeah, yeah. There's, there's a scene in particular where so. Vicus grows like this arm that's the alien arm and all the alien weaponry cannot be used by anyone that's not an alien and they basically do all these experiments and he ends up shooting a prawn uh with the weaponry like exploding him and he's like sobbing and crying and he's like no 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 which is interesting because it kind of shows his journey uh he is very heartless in the beginning did you guys yeah bureaucratic he's bureaucratic yeah he's supposed to come in and gets a job he gets a promotion by his wife's father so his father-in-law yeah Yeah. and yeah he is a little heartless especially when he finds those he finds those eggs and then they burn them and he even says like the second time i watched it he's like that's why we abort yeah. Um, when he saw when he sees CJ, uh, Christopher's son. Yeah. Um, and he's and like, he's, should I shoot him? And he's like, it's too late like, now. It's too late now. Yeah. Yes. And then he asked, he said, do you have a permit for him? Yeah. Oh he God. asked Christopher, he's got, so like they, they got to get permits to have very kids. one child policy, very yeah, like yeah. sterilization of, you know, yeah. people of color. Well, he, he even jokes and he gets to the guy. Though. He's like, yeah, he's like, here, it's for your first abort abortion. And he like gives him the like the piece of from yeah. taking well, out and the when, egg. And when he's bo- like when he's burning down the shack, because there's so many of them, yeah. you can hear them sort of screaming and popping. And he's like, oh, you hear that popping sound? It's because when they're blo-. and he, the way he's describing it, he's kind of laughing and it's so fucked up. But then there's a, like shortly after that, uh, one of the jawheads shoots a guy in the head and he you can see he's like rattled like yeah. it's almost like yeah, his like, character is disconnected like well yeah yeah he's alienated himself from them they, they, they're no longer they're not I mean they're not humans but they're not beings to him they're, yeah. they're just this I'm gonna do my job like you know just like government jobs I'm gonna do mm-hmm. my job I'm gonna come in I'm gonna this is what I need to do I'm not gonna do anything extra I'm not gonna I'm gonna just follow rules and yeah not have yeah, any this is how I'm gonna get ahead yeah. for something that's clearly intelligent and clearly living right yeah, and yeah. just how you know some people in the government do it when we have refugees come and they and the way they're mistreated and they're looked at as just like you said kathy i'm doing a job and it's not like well this is somebody Someone's that has kids and yeah. someone that has you know a just rich life someone that exactly. had memories and and they were displaced, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately, from where where they're at and they're fleeing a bad situation, something you would probably do with your family if you were in the same exactly. situation. Exactly. Here we're supposed to be helping them, but we're seeing we're not. We just don't even care. And then we just want to use whatever we can and then throw them away. It's, you know, yeah. it's 
It's yeah. the whole thing of going into a land for oil and then leaving it when mm-hmm. it's a mess, right? We don't care what happens. To yeah, exactly. I will say that I was thinking about this more objectively this morning. I, I was like, you know, it's so traumatic when you watch this film. I kept saying out loud, this is such a good movie. This is such a good movie. The whole time I was mm-hmm. watching it because it's just so interesting and well put together. But from the flip side, from a science fiction point of view, if a giant alien spaceship came to Earth, don't you think you would try to treat those creatures with a little bit of respect? Because first of all, they are fucking massive. And they say at one point in the movie, like, oh, these are like the worker bees that got lost and they're like not very intelligent, except for the one guy, Christopher, who's like more intelligent. But like, wouldn't you suddenly be like, okay, well, there's clearly something out there obviously yeah. they I mean, can we, come back yeah, yeah we should yeah. we should cover our asses and hey, let's chill just treat with them, them with a bit of respect in case yeah exactly in, in case, case the Big real Daddy mama comes shit down. comes yeah, yeah exactly so i i wrote down a question for you guys so mm-hmm. okay so this happens right this mm-hmm. situation happens on earth do you think our global governments would be able to to contain this or how do you think they would handle it like look at what we tried to do with COVID. It was oh, a shit man. show. So yeah, then think exactly. of well, first of all, we should just put him in New Zealand and Australia, obviously, yes. because we can lock the borders, right? Um, oh man, it depends I mean, where they landed, do, though, right? Because they I, were hovering for three months. True. true. I think it would be more like a zoo situation, to be honest with you. I think um, like we would treat them like how we treat endangered species like we don't treat them with much respect either but we put them on display and we like study them and stuff like that i don't think it would be a slum and i don't think america would allow johannesburg to be the center of this situation i think yeah i think i think big daddy would be over there yeah yeah. hey no no we'll help out (laughs) and by help out we mean we got take over yeah exactly (laughs) yeah here's some money go over there what do you think i don't know for me i i don't I mean, I would like to say that I think really well of the human race, but like at the same time with everything that's come out with Trump and, and the children at the borders and the cages mm-hmm. and everything that like we did that to children. Um, that's what I'm so saying. What I think, I think that? that, I think we would put these aliens into cages. I think we would yeah. be, they wouldn't be in a slum. It would be like a race yeah. from the government. Yeah. Like, Oh, I, we've got a thousand of them and we're studying them. We've got this high tech prison. Yeah. I think we would fight. I think the countries would fight over too. Honestly, I don't oh, think it would sure. be like China this agreement. Oh, a hundred percent. Russia. Whoever Russia got would there. Be in on yeah. That. Like, yeah. no, no, we got this. Like, no, we got this. And we then also, and then think of all just again, uh, parallels to COVID think of all the misinformation that'd be out mm-hmm. there um, oh, yeah. with this. Oh, this person has family that lives, you know, couple miles from where the ship is and they said this happened and all this they stuff grew that. an alien penis and then exactly. they took a, a horse <laughs> oh my and it went away yeah, speaking like, of oh. speaking of penises um the the fact that they chose that he had sex he had <laughs> that he was yeah. having sex with aliens i was like <laughs> how can you dehumanize this man I- anymore like humiliate him and bring him down to where he's basically nothing anymore to so his wife his like father-in-law yep. came up with this I was, this is horrible. His I mean, I, like, I don't monster. know what to believe. His father-in-law yeah. was willing to cut him open alive. So yeah, yeah. his father-in-law yeah. was a bad, bad man. Um, so he was just yeah. banging one of the prawns. And that's yeah. how he yeah. got, that's how he changed <laughs> Well, it. earlier on, they sort of say, you know, with the criminal Nigerian faction mm-hmm. that in there, they mm-hmm. do say that there is interspecies prostitution and you see a young, mm-hmm. younger woman coming out in like a lingerie. So clearly there's some, they never really talk about gender within the prawns. They all seem mm-hmm. very, 
they That's all seem true. very masculine and it was the same actor who did all the voices for all the prawns, prawns yeah because may- maybe they were all male but then it's like or then they're having the eggs or yeah. yeah they could uh reproduce there's, maybe there's one queen right like we know they never yeah. really go into it but yeah it's funny that like mm. a scandal like having sex with an alien is like enough to like turn his wife against him and turn public opinion against him <laughs> and but you know what's interesting like going back to racism and segregation like there were laws in south africa that prohibited you know black people and white people from banging yeah. getting trevor it on noah, trevor noah talks yes, about that he's his, got a mom book. Would, yeah. his mom would drop his hand in public yeah because yep. uh, like when they'd see cops because it was basically like he was illegal it's illegal it was illegal yeah, yeah he was illegal he yeah. was born i think that's what illegal. his i, I think born that's what crime. his book is called born, born in crime, crime. Yeah. yeah i bought, I bought I mean, it yeah. there were curfews too you couldn't be out in the city at certain times of like it was just the district nine took that all in and i mm. think um uh you, you couldn't freely roam in a country that was yours too, right? You can ride the bus by yourself at night you, as, um, as a black person. Um, and then they had all, they had all those parallels. Like they had all those signs that said humans only like no prawn, yes. you know, all over yeah. the city, which yeah. is what, what, which is what we had yeah. during like recently history yeah. in America where it was like yeah. no blacks, only whites, you know, but also how they're dehumanized, right? Mm-hmm. They're you're they're trying to get society to not think of them as I'm, I'm speaking as now with black South Africans, they were teaching society to not see them as another human, another being. They were thought of as lower, um, which is society. Just absolutely yeah. I think horrible. it's like America had the three fists. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah right society yeah. society still does that we do it with refugees yeah. now like we other people we it's not us it's them you know and we've seen it i've seen it in australia we had um an immigration policy where we were very encouraging people from like italy and greece to come mm-hmm. over because they were like they looked like us you know they were yeah. they were white enough or whatever um so we've always as a society like we go back to that thing we were talking about like us and them the prawns Mm -hmm. look so different from humans so it's easy to make them other but then you actually get to know one or two of them and they do you realize like they have empathy that their kids are kids you know um yeah but that's uh, what got to me too a little bit i read a review from uh what's his name Robert Roger Ebert yeah um I don't like all his reviews any all those reviews anyways but he was talking about he's dead now so yeah I know exactly but he was and I didn't agree with this review it was talking about that that they were at first they weren't we weren't seeing any empathy with him with Christopher was the one that brought us in into the aliens which okay that's great but also I in my head I'm thinking why does that have to give us a reason to treat things with, you know, common decency and that yeah. they're allowed to live and breathe? Like, why do we have to wait until they're like, you know, showing that they have love for each other or like, I just, it's insane. It's yeah, like, we'll, it's, we'll think it's, the worst it's a living first. thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's something I mean, that's living. To be honest, and they're you- obviously technologically advanced. They're stronger yeah. than humans. Yes. Um, Rip off that guy's arm really easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you could say the same thing about animals, you know, like right? I, I wish mm-hmm. I was a vegan. I, I should probably move mm-hmm. towards that lifestyle. I spend a lot of my free time rescuing dogs from shelters and, and helping. And then like the way we process meat in this country is fucked up around the world, yeah. to be honest. Like we, yeah. do, you know, and if I met a cow and had a pet cow, I probably would never eat a cow again. I find it really hard mm-hmm. to eat pork because I've, you know, had mm-hmm. come into contact with some pigs, but it's the same thing. It's like, 
and in that in that uh review that you're talking about kathy roger ebert he says that like well the only way we really like cj which is the son and christopher is that they get like yeah. the big wider eyes like more humanistic mm -hmm. and you see that in cartoons too they'll give like animals like the big yeah like eyes mm -hmm. to make us more sympathetic towards them but it's it's a device i mean i also think we as the audience are seeing the prawns from um vickers's point of view where at first it's just like a massive uh, creatures and yeah. then as he, as he gets like to a know hive mind yeah. right and as he gets to know them he starts to notice little idiosyncrasies about christopher and cj and they form a friendship you know but, yeah. but you can obviously see there's personality so uh not just christopher and cj there's a scene when they're starting to do the evictions and one of the prawns has like a helmet and he's got a gun yeah you yeah. know what i mean and i was yeah, geeking yeah, out yeah. at that so they're obviously yeah. Different they have levels. personalities yeah. yeah and they they think yeah. different so and they just... can lie and they can think like oh no wait this i don't live here or yeah, like, we're talking you know, about, they... oh okay yeah, I'll yeah. Sign that. yeah yeah give me the cafe yeah. um yeah, exactly. so it's like exactly. these are intelligent beings and it's mm -hmm. like ah they're different and we don't know too much about them let's let's throw them over there get them out of here instead of coming up with a better solution to maybe incorporate because obviously Vickers can understand them. They've been there for a little over 20 years. They so like 28 they, years, yeah. 28 years, yeah. So they must have, yeah. been, they, they figured it out. They cracked that code. So once that communication code's broken, you should be able to cross other, um, you know, platforms with being able to work with any kind of creature mm -hmm. that, you know, you can crack that communication code with. Right. I don't think they want to integrate them, right? Like that's no, it. No, they don't. No, yeah. they didn't. And that's why they because kept they them did, in the slum. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They would have had these con ongoing conversations, right? Like, like humans have this thing, this need to control. Um, yeah. And I think like we, and this fear of that, maybe these things are better than us, which yes, but they probably are, but let's learn from them. But nope, nope. Yeah. Well, too scary. they did. Yeah. They did master, you know, intergalactic travel. We have not. So again, <laughs> it goes back to my point of like, I would not be fucking, I would be like, what do you need? But the, yeah, wealth, the wealth of knowledge, once you break it down, obviously Christopher is an intelligent engineer and then he can even fix Vicus, which is, you know, if you wanted to make the point that, um, that yes, medical medicine, yeah. that medical yeah. experience is still probably just engineering, right. Um, in some form, like you can relate those two fields. So why the are they asking them that they have why aren't they asking gonna... them about their planet about the other exactly planets, you know other planet. exactly. what, what else have you guys seen where are you guys yeah, going what's out obviously there? and they um i watched uh, like behind the scenes some of the weapons were actually um for construction right mm. and then some of them were for like military weapons but they were different mm. you could see the different usage uses ugh, uses that they had and to just seeing some of the stuff you'd think somebody in the room would be like wait a minute Let's just let's just see oh, what's going on here. Let's Question, find some. Yeah. Let's find a couple of people that know how to use this stuff, and let's see. Let's see their history. Yeah. yeah. And also, use you, you. If the the aliens are the only ones that can use those things, like those weapons are fucking crazy. Like they explode yeah. people and stuff like that. Powerful. Mm. Yeah. Right. And it's like, wouldn't you be worried that they are gonna just suddenly have enough <laughs> and pick up and just be like, fuck this. Yeah. And also, yeah, because now they're getting their strength back, right? Like they, they, they've been they were malnourished. Fed. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. And they're, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to revolt and they, they're populating really fast and mm -hmm. growing. I just can't believe they weren't like up in the ship, like researching the science, like, you know, talk to me about other planets. Like it's, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a movie, so they can't get into everything, but I'm like, there are a yeah. lot of questions I had, like, <laughs> you know. 
Maybe we'll find out in District 10. Yeah. yeah. There is it finally coming out? He's writing it right now, I believe. Wow. I mean, wow. I, I, it's been years, right? It's been 2009. It's been. Yeah, he was waiting. Years. He was waiting, though, for to have the reason to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the we've given him a reason. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, oh, like, I'm not just going to make this thing just to yeah. make it. But I love um, that. There's a reason now that he can like social climates yeah. now and he can take that story somewhere else. So I love that. yeah, he said he's right. Well, right and I'm interested to see what they do with the next movie. I did read a couple trivia things. So uh, his wife, when she's talking about the little, so, she, you know, they, everybody thinks that uh, the main character like dies or they don't know everybody has theories and they kind of leave it open-ended, which I love, but you do see him sort of, or what we think is him in the end. And mm-hmm. uh, someone said, on a review or like a trivia thing did you see when she was holding up the metal flower that he supposedly left for her that there was mm-hmm. an ultrasound did you guys yeah, see in the that? mirror yeah in the mirror so maybe <gasps> there's a baby mm-hmm. yeah but you would think they didn't bang once you got sick so like, yeah. i don't know it would have been that's probably like a human yeah, yeah, yeah human oh yeah because yeah. it nope. popped in my head i was like wait is it gonna be half baby mm-hmm. a prom baby um Wrong, but- <laughs> yeah. do do we think christopher is gonna come back and help him as well that's like i hope thing. so i hope yeah. they continue i wonder if it's going to be narrative. vengeance though if he's going to not come back alone you know and he's going to come back and save oh definitely people. i think he's coming back with more yeah to save the peeps yeah. um yeah, uh, yeah it's, they, he can take it so many different directions too and they could yeah. have it where um um that company cracked the code because they mm-hmm. took a bunch of his mm-hmm. blood samples mm-hmm. so maybe they have it now which is another thing to me it's like you can make a glove you obviously were experimenting on these prawns. You can make a glove that has like um, the DNA inside of it, like on the yeah. fingers. And then your soldiers yeah. could just wear that glove that has the, the DNA yeah. of the. Come on, guys, be smarter. Yeah, no, no, let's <laughs> cut this thing off. No, there and... was, they were saying like, you know, it hasn't, it has to fuse with his nerves and stuff. But yeah, I mean, also. But it was they... their DNA that. Um, I don't, so we yeah. skipped over it, you know, but again, like they could have easily. <laughs> been like why didn't they just recruit them into their armies you know what i mean like instead sure. of why not just be like the, and that's why i think you guys are right like the the governments around the world would be like well we got to get us some prawn yeah. soldiers mm-hmm. you know what i mean because they get them good weapons <laughs> yeah um <laughs> good but you know i i do think it's interesting and i think it's interesting that the main character was white we did talk about um we touched on it before we started recording about the white savior complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, David. Yeah. I just, I read about it in one of the articles about, uh, about Neil, about the director and some of the tones with that and like the, you know, the portrayal of Nigerians. But part of me is because we've talked about it in avatar with the white savior complex. And we've mm-hmm. seen this in movies in the past where, um, you know, it takes a white guy, or white person to save the indigenous or right. sit, you know, if they go, they get with a bunch of Native Americans and then they're the ones that can change everything for mm-hmm. them. Like, but thank nobody, God we had this white guy to exactly, help the prawn to get come to the in thing. and save yeah. everything. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I think that it works for Vickis be, or with Vickis being the one to do it because of how he changed um, throughout the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. um so it wasn't just like oh white guy comes in like he was forced 
to do this yeah. and it helps yeah. with the divide of um and we the see social how- segregation right so if right it, if we it see was how just flawed a, a, he is he's so exactly. flawed in the beginning so mm-hmm. if it was just a, if it was a minority actor um you know great or a woman actor great but with a white male it adds to that social segregation and that gap that they were trying yeah. to expand between prawns where their um situation in life is and then where vicus is who's kind of uh, white male and his dad is the chief operating yeah. officer probably of this multinational organization so and then they met in the middle right and he's like yeah. he's putting his ass on the line he's like when he's in that robot and he's saving christopher he's like get up man you're you were i'm getting you and your boy to that ship and he's he's fighting for them at yeah. the end and it's i like- think that was cj and and christopher teaching him that too i yeah. honestly think it yeah. was like hey look we're like we're the same. We're the same. CJ now, said that. Yeah. He was point. He put his arm next to mm-hmm. uh, Vickis's uh, new alien arm. Yeah. And he's like, see, and Christopher's like, he likes you. He's like, yeah. And he clicks. <laughs> he's like, he said, we're the same. And he's like, we're not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which ultimately, so I, I, you know, I, I, it goes back to that thing of humanity, like with refugees and the people from different places. Like we are the same. We're all humans. Yeah. We all bleed. And I loved that line, especially I did really, I'd missed it on the first watch. And then I rewatched it and I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, Because it just goes to show that like, we can make all kinds of mental jumps and loops and be like, oh, it's us and them. But uh, it takes sometimes a kid to be like, oh, look. look But it also, nothing was really solved at the end, right? Those guys are going to still continue doing experiments. They're still going to, it wasn't like Vickers like saved the entire alien population. And the whistleblower. Is it yeah, is fighting prison. for his life? He's in jail. Yeah, the guy who true. the guy who said that all the data was right there, blew the whistle, and this happens today, <laughs> right in the US. Somebody calls bullshit on a company, throws it all out there, and then they're getting prosecuted wow. in the eyes of the law when the company was the one doing the bad that thing. was doing dirt. Exactly. They were doing genetic experiments, which were illegal. Employee blows a whistle and now he's on trial. It's so crazy. <laughs> like there's so so many things that still hit home to today from this movie. Which is- I was just thinking about that when I was watching it. Like I just was like, I don't know how you can sleep at night being somebody that tests on animals. You know, like how do you fucking live with yourself? You know, if you work for a makeup company and you are doing awful things to cr- living yeah. creatures, like these these scientists, like they kind of are like shown as sort of like faceless drones, but they're people too. Like they go home to their families. Like the one mm-hmm. guy that's forcing, that's prodding him with a cattle prod to get his arm to react, to pull the trigger. Yeah. He kind of comes off as like this evil character, but like, does he think he's doing the right thing when he's getting this guy to blow up a guy? Like I'm sure the mental gymnastics and we kind of see it with Vickis a little bit. He's like doing his job, getting them out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But, but that guy is a different breed, I think, because mm. he was like, Hey, we can do this, but we got to cut them open right now. And he's like, yeah. looking, he's like, you guys cool with this? Everybody <laughs> like, he's the one, <laughs> he's, he's the like, one come on. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that's trying to talk them into it. So I yeah. think that guy is a different breed. Vickis is crying, basically saying, I'll shoot the thing. I'll shoot the thing. Don't, don't zap me anymore. And he begin- just keeps zapping them to shoot yeah. the gun. But in Vickis the beginning, but in the beginning, he, you know, happily burned down a bunch of um, oh, yeah. children. Sure. So it's it's a, like, yeah. yeah, the roles become reversed. Like that doctor is, like you said, is Vickers. And then he is the prawn. Like the Chris, the prawn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he physically becomes a prawn. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it, it's mm-hmm. interesting as well to draw the comparison. Like, I feel like 
you know, you get people who are staunchly racist and it's like, and then they make like one black friend and they're like, Oh, yeah. actually black friend, you know, it's like he had to become it's don't you think yeah. the parallels are right? Yeah, there? no, it's like, I, Hey, I can't well, be racist because I have a black friend. Right. Well, or- there's, there's guys, uh, I forget his name, but he, um, this, this black gentleman actually goes and finds like KKK members, I've read about him, befriends too. them yep. and then they get out of the KKK. That's amazing. It's like, Oh shit. Like conversations. Yeah. We yeah. can have conversations with each other. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh shit! Actually, that dude's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder if there's other cool ones. Shit, you're a you're you're a person, and I shouldn't just hate you blanket. Which is basically what Vickers goes through, where he's like, oh, you pro like, you know, Christopher he helps him. He puts his body on the line for this human. He goes into the building Mm -hmm. with him. It's a suicide mission, and I think a, a human person individual is different than their group think a group of mm-hmm. people right so when we take one one prawn one human being put them in the same room they're probably gonna find some similarities and they're yeah. gonna be chill you put one person from you know one country one person from another person or like you know somebody at the border who doesn't want people coming in put them in a room with one of those refugees and an interpreter they're probably going to come out of there with a different tone yeah right? yeah it's just when we have groups and you're in an echo chamber and you can just keep saying, oh, yeah, fuck that. No, those people are they're taking jobs and mm-hmm. they're bringing their their drain on health care and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Blah, blah. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, shit, uh, they got a family. I got a family. Yeah. What would I do in that situation? You can also. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Kathy. Sorry. I was just going to say group mentality, too, plays into it so much. That's why you like the Ku Klux Klan. It's a group mentality, right? They're all together. They get themselves riled up in all these yeah. things that they believe in. And also, um, I think it's, you know, look at the news sources, like not to be using the catchphrase mm. fake news, but like, you know, I understand how we the media whips people up against each other, you know, and again, it's like what we were saying, like the actual enemy is the elite who are like pulling the strings or whatever. It's like human to human or creature to creature. Like we all just want to yeah. live, right? We all just yeah. want to live. We all just want to be with our families. We all just want to have happy times and not, you know, suffer pain and, and mostly be, yeah. most people want to just be good and just do their thing. Um, but also down to its core that it in the end, it didn't matter if you were human or if you're a prawn that they were still going to, if you were a commodity to them or if they could make some money off of you, you're going to get put under a microscope and they were going to tear That's you That's the corporation yeah. thing. That's yeah. the corporation thing where like dollars and cents, it's not humans yeah. and souls. It's, it's yeah. profits what, over everything. Profits power. over everything. And it's fucked up. And I love price. that. I love that message that was also woven through because it's still something that we see today. Like, you know, we're all in the film industry and there is possibly going to be a strike in entertainment because of uh, yeah. people, you know, fighting for living wages and fighting for reasonable times. You know, the average production assistant on an average shoot day might work 12, 14, 16 hours. And you might not know that if you don't work in our business, yeah, but exactly. that is unsustainable if you're doing that for six months a year, you know, while making $250 a day, $200 a day. So, uh, but again, big, big companies are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can we do it. Gotta, right? We got to raise the bar. We got to make more yeah. money than the Let's last blockbuster yeah, we had. And, exactly. Yeah. Let's see how far we can push them. Let's push them. They're not saying no. We can keep going. Yeah, we can keep yeah. going. Yeah. Exactly. 
Um, there weren't a whole lot of women in this movie, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wife was a character for sure. There's a couple people that were like interviewed around the office. Um, usually yeah, I think in, one of the doctors. Yeah, and one of the co-workers who was like, if we knew where Vickers was, we'd help him. A sociologist. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, didn't, it didn't bother me as much, I think, because mainly this was about a movie about one man and one creature like an alien and the aliens were very like ambiguous in their gender but usually when i watch a movie like this i'm like where were all the women um but i don't know kathy did you did that offend you or anything in this movie i mean not really but at the same time i'm like was that on purpose was Mm -hmm. it because there's the there's these gender norm roles seen and maybe they're like that with society right um at in district nine as well or with each other i don't know i maybe women weren't seen as someone that would have uh they wouldn't respect a woman doctor telling being that woman like if if she was the doctor that was saying we need to open him up would that been have been as strong as having that man be there this evil man i don't know i don't know if that makes sense but yeah yeah it does i i think it you know if it's cast correctly for sure i think a woman you know, uh, Maybe evil, in the remake. a woman doctor that's yeah. just as, as bad as that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to, I feel like it's going to come across the same because it's the action. Yeah, um, I just know growing up in South Africa too, like it was very much that 1950s uh, kind of, yeah, like the man is the breadwinner and that went well into the 80s um, in South Africa uh, of the gender roles and the nuclear family and what the women are supposed to be doing. You kind of yeah. see that in, in Vickis's family with Tanya, his wife, like she's clearly like sort of a state, more of a stay at home mm-hmm. wife. She's, they've got the perfect little house. It looks very like square and very, um, yeah, suburban. Uh, so I could totally see that. I yeah. mean, you know, I think every country is still grappling with, you know, women and we still make less than men in, in an average year. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, it didn't offend me so much in this movie just because it had so much going on, but it's obviously as a woman, I'm always conscious of it about representation and, you know, if things can pass the Beckdale test, which this movie does not. (laughs) I mean, she was a wishy-washy character, right? Like overall she was whiny. She didn't really think for herself, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so. She was not down for booth bang. (laughs) She was like, no, I saw the picture. (laughs) Photoshop. Yeah. Daddy told me. Daddy told yeah. me. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. That was that's funny when he comes home and the lights are off and he's like, Did the power go out again? And yeah. he's like, I've got to go to the bathroom. I think I shit myself and the lights come on and she's like, surprise. <laughs> also, I don't know the last time we threw a surprise party for somebody getting a promotion. You know, I think yeah. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is excessive. He had a cake in the shape <laughs> of the building that he wore. Oh, yeah. In. I mean, but that's that's yeah. what's showing her role too. Like, oh, the perfect wife and the husband, and he's getting his promotion. And then the dad, he wants to please the dad, right? But like, let's like human how do you how do you say it? like let's basically bring this guy down to his knees and how much we humiliate him from mm-hmm. when he gets infected. Yeah. It's, yeah. Fun fact about that cake, by the way, uh, he ends up cutting a piece of the cake right where he and Christopher blow up a hole. And it's kind of an interesting Ooh. little foreshadow. Oh, that's cool. He kind of cuts it. <laughs> the best yeah. is when he, he throws up black on it and he tries to like wipe it up. <laughs> I'm like, no one's going to eat that cake. <laughs> yeah. My God. It was so After you puke anywhere near it. No one yeah. in the back also, is anyone like. anyone around him too. I mean, yeah. he's smelly and it <laughs> yeah good times good times um but yeah no this movie is incredible i think it's just a really good 
piece of storytelling. That's my personal, mm-hmm. personal feeling. Agreed. Did you guys have any other thoughts, Kathy? Was there anything else that we missed, you know, sort of being a South African knowing how was this? I don't know if you have South African friends that like watched it at the time. Like how was it received in South Africa at the time? Do you know? I think good, but I'm not going to put that to the, like, I'm not going to write that in stone. Yeah. Um, but I, I from what I remember it was banned in Nigeria um, because of the depiction of Nigerians, which not so surprising. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think they, it was a part of our history that we're all trying to face um, Mm -hmm. or facing. Um, We should be facing. Um, So yeah, from what I remember, I think it was, it was good. I assume it's taught in schools, uh, the history of South Africa, even though it's bad like, see i can't i can't comment on that because i didn't go to school in south africa true. so I, I mean i can ask my mom <laughs> but yeah. that but she was in school during apartheid when we left south africa we were we left right at the end of apartheid um and i remember being in greece and when the flag was changing the south african flag mm. changed all this stuff was changing they changed like they over the years they changed like the the, the names of towns the airport changed um to you know like w- Oliver Tambo is now our, our airport name in, um, in Cape town. And it was like, it's not just a Dutch country or German country or whatever. It's also, we're all in this, it's all of us. It's blacks, it's whites. It's, you know, um, so they, they're, they're merging slowly. Um, Mm -hmm. it's been happening over the years. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I got off to that point. Well, but. I was just, yeah, I was, saying, I was asking, well, I was asking, you know, like in Germany, they teach about the Holocaust. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a part of history that you actually cannot look well, away from. Because- you can't because I, I was, so when I was born, it was still happening. Right. So yep. it's, it's not like it's that long ago where we can be like, oh, it didn't happen. Um, it was still happening. And then, I mean, the rest of the world knew it was happening. They were putting all these embargoes on South Africa. Mm-hmm. America was putting embargoes on South Africa to try and, um, Mm -hmm. um to stop them i mean biden was one of the guys that was fighting for that back in the 70s interesting yeah interesting joe uncle joe (laughs) (laughs) that's how old he is (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um there were some interesting fun facts they found out about the film we always love a fun fact on the age of milk podcast the sound of the aliens was actually created by rubbing a pumpkin which is very on brand for autumn times um so i enjoyed that <laughs> what yeah that's how they made the sounds rubbing a pumpkin i mean don't fact check to me on that but that's what it says on that's imdb so funny uh, the uh, this is again from the roger ebert uh review that we both mm-hmm. read kathy but the to south africans he was saying the clicking sound sort of sounds similar to oh yeah ban- bantu language yeah yeah oh yeah but yeah mm-hmm. it's western uh, african mm-hmm. yeah um, which is interesting because it kind of, yeah, again, like sort of showing that we are talking about aliens, but are we, what are we really talking about? Well, here? and mm-hmm. yeah, South Africa's a melting pot. I mean, we have so many different tribes and then we have also the Nigerians coming in and then we, you know, it's, it's, there's so many different, um, uh, oh my gosh. Different like cultures and yes, ethnicities. It's a melting pot. Yeah. The, uh, another fun fact, the cat food thing came from, uh, two things. Uh, when Neil was in Johannesburg, he saw uh, people selling cheese poofs and other snack foods to um, the refugees. And then so mm. he had the aliens. He wanted them to have like a specific food. And he saw someone he knew, one of the producers, was using cat food to attract uh, fish and prawns in Vancouver. 
um, when he, so that's where the inspiration come. I honestly oh, gagged. Wow. I gagged when <laughs> yeah, he was when eating. I just like the smell of dog and cat food to me is just like, not, I'm not a fan. So I was like, you Whoa. want some, you want some goat heads or some yeah. cat food? That was a lot. The, the caucuses. <laughs> Yeah. That's enough. That's enough to turn. It's very back. visceral. Yeah, very, <laughs> very visceral. But yeah, those are my favorite fun facts about the film. David, did you have anything else to add? Uh, I didn't really have too many that we talked about other than, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that uh, Vickis, I thought it was an incredible that this was like his first mm-hmm. acting he role. Carried he, it. Yeah. yeah, he did some directing and some producing and was more involved on like shorter films. And then, yeah, just to have him and i i love uh what is it elysium that he's in as well mm-hmm. and he's yes. the bad guy yeah yeah, yeah. He plays the heavy i thought he mm-hmm. he's a great actor he's really good mm-hmm. he was in something else recently i can't remember chappy? What it was, but he... yeah chappy he's the voice right of chappy yeah there was something more recently where he played another bad guy he's just great at like these bad bad guy roles yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, he did a fantastic job. I mean, across the board, I thought everybody in this film was awesome. I thought the VFX was awesome. And so on that note, it's time for us to give someone from the crew a shout out. Uh, David, let's go with you first. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Wendy Bambro Tilliard, and she was in special effects. Nice. She works in special effects. So can't really make this movie without the special effects. Um, I nope. loved how they talked about it and some of the um, you know, the videos I watched on the making of this in YouTube that they're like, all right, so we can have the special effects and like the world that they're in, but it it's it won't mesh if we treat it like that. So we're just gonna put the special effects like in the world so like you got the alien walking out of like the little hut so Mm -hmm. that was actually the slums in johannesburg that they used those were like you know that's a legit place and then they incorporated all the special effects within that existing world so i just thought that was amazing um so she worked on like um the hobbit an unexpected journey she worked on avatar chronicles of narnia king kong jane and the dragon so she's done some cool things so wendy shout out to you this movie is not possible without you and your contribution so we appreciate (laughs) you and we see you girl we see you and we we appreciate you you, wendy (laughs) uh kathy who you got I'm going to go with the character and I'm going to go with CJ uh, because I felt like without CJ, the movie wouldn't really have moved forward. Um, I felt like he was a motivation for both Christopher and for Vickers um, and the connecting kind of, he humanized everyone. I felt, Um, uh, yeah. And I, I just thought that with, yeah, without him, the movie wouldn't have gone forward at all yeah. kathy breaking the rules and going for a character sorry Love i thought that. you said i thought you said cast and crew so i went for a character <laughs> i mean the I guy like it. the guy that did uh all the voices uh i yes. forget his name Co- i think his last name was copeland but uh we will mm-hmm. just use him as a yes. shout out then because he so was sorry C- no it's C- okay did it wrong cj was awesome cj was, was awesome and he I was agree. a light in this movie he, he was. was he was and it was like this reminder of like all the shit is happening around and then there's he's a child he yeah. is a child living through like, all of this and never uh, knowing his home planet and talking about and it and not like a hateful bone in his body yeah and yeah mm. 
could have been so angry. Okay. Well, I'm going to, speaking of IATSE and standing with people in the film industry, I'm going to go with Zelaini Mabambo, uh, production assistant on District 9, and then also went and did a second unit director. Um, assistant director on vehicle 19 uh productions assist production assistants notoriously have one of the toughest jobs i mean everybody who works on film is amazing and if you've ever given your life to any kind of project you know i salute you transpo does an amazing job catering camera department Mm -hmm. like every single person works hard and has challenges in their job in whatever capacity everybody's challenges look slightly different but production assistants usually get paid the least they work very hard uh, while executives are munching on lunches that production assistants go get, they're usually stuffing their faces with protein bars that they can quickly pick up. It's not easy. It's a very, very difficult path to become a, to climb your way from production assistant into other roles. But it's you know one of the ways that you you can make it into this business. So shout out to all the production assistants on this movie, Yay. but specifically uh, Zelani, whose name just jumped out at me and you know, uh, next time you enjoy a movie or a TV show or anything, just remember that there are a lot of people who worked very, very hard to mm-hmm. make it happen. Yes. So Zelani, we see you and we appreciate you. And to the other production assistants out there, we see you and we appreciate you. We really, really do. We do. Sure. Yeah. Keep going. And if you have to strike, uh, I support you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but having said that, guys, it's the part of the podcast where we decide whether or not this film has aged like milk. Kathy, you're our guest. Oh, what do you think? I think it hasn't. Has not aged like milk. Mm-mm. Stayed fresh. Mm-hmm. Stayed fresh. Yes. And yeah. tasty. <laughs> right. Love David, that. what do you think? All right, I think this is like a black or silverster or silver canister milk with um, black Ooh. fluid in it because uh. <laughs> yeah, is there where I'm going here, guys? <laughs> because it it feels like it's transformative. So every time, just like a transformed Vicus, right? It can it can put some seeds in your mind to mm-hmm. think about the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, also the world that they live in so Mm -hmm. i think the more you watch this the more you catch the more you get there's so much packed into this um and i just love this movie i think it's amazing acting is great and the world is great so i I do not think this movie ages like milk and this is yeah it's a good flick okay i'm gonna say this movie aged like a cat food milk because uh it's very hot it is edible you can eat it you can drink it um it makes you gag a little bit because it's uh too true you know so much of it is (laughs) is real life um and it's it's hard to swallow but it's very nourishing and you could survive after after and consuming it i do i do think this movie's great and i think Mm -hmm. that everybody should watch it i think it should be required watching i don't think you know it's not like the best movie in the whole wide world. I mean, that's clearly the Darjeeling Limited by oh, Wizard what of is? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, All right. I'm she has, she I'm has an answer. <laughs> I, I'm just a big Wes Anderson fan. I just think his movies yes. are great. No, but I'm just saying like, you know, there's obviously flaws. Roger Ebert wasn't yeah. super nice about this movie, to be honest, in 2009. Um, but I think watching it now in 2021 and realizing that so much of this is relevant um, mm-hmm. is huge. And I think it's an important film and I'm super glad that Neil made it. And I am so excited 
if there is a district 10, I will 1 million percent go see it in the theaters. So yeah, I definitely think it's, it's a movie that you can show in film school and be like, look what you can do with your social messaging and, Mm -hmm. and what messages you can send out and be creative with it. And, and also the fact that it came from a short film, like, and the short film is still pretty, we should link it in the, in the notes of Mm -hmm. this or something, David, but like the short film is great. And it just goes to tell, show you that like telling a story, you don't have to have $30 million. You just have to have like a good idea and guts to go make it yeah 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 um kathy where can people find you connect with you how can they support you how can they you know oh um you you can you can find me i have a little monster pictures has uh, a handle on instagram it's at little monster pictures um and then i have my personal instagram which is at c I dare you to spell that on your own without, <laughs> no. um, but I'm sure Very you guys Greek. are going to put the, you can put it in your, yes, we can. And we description. will. Are you guys finding the cat, like the people that you tag, like the crew? Have you tried doing that? Uh, no, but we should. Yeah. That would be so cool. Like when I try to put it out on Twitter, like I'll have to spend time like Googling yeah, Twitter yeah. handles. And a lot of the times it's like, fan page or yeah. find oh, out yeah. the things that they think about and it's not the oh, real person but God. sometimes you do get the actual person and we'll get retweets um, sometimes yeah yeah so awesome. it's, it's and those are fun when those do get retweeted from actual actors or people that worked on yeah. the picture and you know what is so funny as like i do you know the more i work in the film industry the more I know people and uh last week's episode after I was texting with a friend he was like I worked on that film and I was like what I didn't know <laughs> that's awesome um it's and then a small I, small world right and then I was like damn it you should have come and been the guest and then he's like well check out my IMDB so I think I need to we, oh, David there you go. David and I need to start getting targeted too like if you worked on a film yeah. and you want to be on our podcast we would love to have you because yeah. obviously we are fans of people in production um writers everybody so but Come sometimes talk about it sometimes as well people don't want to talk about like something they worked on they want to talk about something that they were inspired by and it's passion yeah, yeah it's, which it's, is also fine we can talk mm-hmm. about those movies too yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, always, it's always interesting to see what people gravitate towards and what the connection is and mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day if you're in our business you're somehow connected to pretty much everything whether it's through history or living in LA or having worked with someone or met someone and yeah it's pretty crazy so for sure. yeah thanks kathy for being on our podcast oh you're welcome this is so fun. Yeah. so fun everybody go follow kathy and stand by for her next big news <laughs> whatever it is i'm confident it'll be amazing um but for now david you should check your fridge and make sure that milk ain't spoiled because gross milk is gross that's sure our show guys is. thanks for listening stand by for our announcements on our upcoming movies for the fall Christmas season. Yeah. Bye. Let's go. Bye. Bye.